Hi, I'm Prima Rangachari and you're listening to Hello Educator. Hey there, this is Asif. I had an opportunity to interview one of the most respected educators in India. She is uh, Prema Rangachari from Vidyavanam. Vidyavanam is in Anekati, a village near Coimbatore. Uh, this episode was recorded in the Vidyavanam campus. You can distinctly hear uh, some of the birds and the crickets chirping. This episode is longer than our usual ones. According to our editor, it is one of the best episodes that we have produced so far. We discuss in detail about Vidyavanam and why it was set up. We also discuss about the various education philosophies that Prema Ma'am believes in, her advice for the aspiring teachers, and about the National Education Conference, Peace in Education. It is happening on the 25th and the 26th of May. So without further ado, let's listen to this young lady. Hello Prema Ma'am, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So, uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. Okay. It's a hot day though. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about Vidyavanam. What it is? Vidyavanam, so many people say, why did you name it Vidyavanam? It's a school in the forest because we are in the reserve forest area. And we have created a, a learning environment. I won't even call it a school. Mm-hmm. A learning environment in the middle of a reserve forest. Right. So, the name Vidyavanam. Okay. What is so special about Vidyavanam? It's special in the sense that it uh, it developed organically. Right. It was not with an intention of replicating any school that exists in any other part of the world or in India that I created this. Okay. It was not even a creation. Right. I think it. I, when I started it, I had I knew that I was entering an area where I am. I am not from this area. First of all, I am from mm-hmm. Chennai, from a town. Mm-hmm. And I am here in the forest area, mm-hmm. in a remote village. And so I had to learn a lot mm-hmm. before I could think of teaching anything mm-hmm. or learning anything from first from them before right. I can impart anything to them. So that process only brought me to an uh, idea that, that there should be a different way of approaching mm-hmm. uh, learning and education mm-hmm. to children of this area. Okay. So by this area, you mean like... Uh, the rural area, what I mean is like what sort of uh, students yes. come to Vidyavana? Uh, actually, the school started with uh, not uh, by my own initiative. Mm-hmm. I was working with the what they call the Balwadis in this area, about mm-hmm. 13 Balwadis. I was just volunteering there. Okay. And I used to travel from Chennai weekends. Okay. And that is how I came to know the people. Mm-hmm. And I also knew their lifestyle. And most of them are the tribal communities called mm-hmm. the Irulas. And they were all, there are schools, because the government schools are there, and children were going to those schools. And somehow the parents felt that they that there is an edge which the urban cities children have over them. Okay. And that is some, that's what they're missing out. Mm-hmm. So they wanted me to say that, that I would start a school for them, okay. where, which will be on par with any other school, mm-hmm. so that they will not miss out on the opportunities that life gives them. So that was their basic request. And okay. so English became a very important component part of that. Okay. So th- they thought English education is a passport of prosperity. 
Okay. So that is how they approached me and said, why don't you start a school for us? Mm-hmm. Because they also knew that an English medium school is not affordable by them. Right. And therefore, that was their English medium at affordable price. That was the goal. Okay. Okay. All the students that come uh, to Vidya Venam are uh, underprivileged, tribal children. I just wanted to uh, yes, have a class. Yes, we have about that. about 20 villages around. Okay. Anakati is somewhere in the, in the middle of it. Right. Both from the Kerala side as well as from the Tamil Nadu side. We are a border town, border mm-hmm. village. Okay. Therefore, uh, we have children coming, 60% of the children coming from the tribal community. Mm-hmm. And the rest are from the, uh, from the different villages. Maybe they are called the backward classes. Okay. They are termed by the governments. <laughs> but uh, whatever they are, they, they are not, I cannot say they are in comparison very affluent, but okay. relatively better okay. than the tribal community. Earning capacity is more. Okay. I did really want a mix. Mm-hmm. I did not want to be an exclusive tribal. Again, you are excluding them right. from the yeah. So it has to be a mix. It has to be a people from different economical, uh, also from cultural backgrounds mm. have to come into the same area for each one to accept each other on their own terms. Mm. So that is the kind of environment I wanted to create here. Okay. Not again a, a divisive mm. environment. Mm. So it has been about 10 years now since you started with Devana? Yes. Yes. Okay. We are 10 years old. Okay. 2007 we started. Okay. So you are from Chennai like you said and uh, no, you just came for volunteering some work. Starting a school in a remote area, leaving all your, uh, you know, home base back there and then setting up a school here and living here. It's, it's a huge decision, right? Why are you doing this? <laughs> this is a very tough question. <laughs> it's a question that I've been asking myself many times. Mm-hmm. Why did I do this? But I think it, it is the, uh, the enthusiasm and the, and the curiosity uh, to learn. Mm-hmm from uh, wanting to know from the people here, Mm -hmm. from the communities with whom I interacted and the children with whom I started uh, working with rather, Mm -hmm. that has uh, propelled me to carry on this for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Because what I saw was not the matter of I imposing something on them or making them, oh, they are wonderful speaking English, they are doing this. So that that is not the uh, uh, thing that kept me here. Mm What kept me here is this certain innocence in them, the idea Mm -hmm. that they have to grow, they have to know, they have to become. That enthusiasm came from them. I think that transformed me. Okay. That I have to be here to do something which is worthwhile. Fantastic. Share what I know. Right. So it's actually the reverse. They make made me what I am. <laughs> not not that I want to transform uh, people here. That okay. is not my idea. What are you trying to achieve through uh, Vidyavana? The greatest thing which I found was in among the tribal communities, there is no uh, a philosophical thought in them of the future. Okay. They don't save for a future. Mm-hmm. They don't save money for their great great grandchildren. None of that. Mm-hmm. Their living is in the present. What they live is now. Mm. Person dies, they do the rituals and that's it. Mm-hmm. And in the community, because they are a very close-knit community, there are no orphans. Okay. Okay. Right? right? If somebody dies, the children are taken on by the community and they're brought up. 
So there is a certain amount of security for everybody in that. Mm. I guess when you are strewn under forest in different areas, you have to live in protect Harmony, yourself. Yeah. So that is there, and there is no thinking of of ten years later. What will I do, mm. or what will my mm. children be? Mm. Or what what should I? What is the uh, thing I'm going to uh, save for them mm. as money and property? No, mm. because they were that nomadic spirit is still there. So they live for the day. That I found was astonishing, and they also had a thought of somehow containing in documentation, music documentation, mm. what their lives was, mm-hmm. what they see around. Mm-hmm. These are all very sophisticated way of preserving knowledge, mm. which I was amazed at. Okay, so I thought, yes, they have a lot of things to share. We should see how I can incorporate that into the learning process. Okay, okay. With Vidyavanam, like you want to achieve certain thing, like the kid has to become so and so. For example, is there something like that, like the village has to self-sustain or like asking yes, of such course. kind of? Uh, there are certain thing. things that civilization has brought to us, right? Mm. Which some of them has not reached them yet. Certain mm. comforts of life, mm. which uh, an urban child or urban community enjoys, has not reached them yet. Mm. I'm not saying that. That we have to transform villages into urban centers. Yes. No, that is not the idea. Yes. There is a beauty in its rurality. Mm. That beauty of the rurality has been has to be retained, and the people living there have to have pride in what they have. See, they should not think that what they have is of no value. Mm-hmm. That they are of no value. Mm. Their language is of no value. Mm. Their custom is of no value. Why? That is how the dominant, the the privileged people impinge or these mm. ideas on them. So they feel so much lack of self-esteem and so lack of self-respect. Mm. So if they don't have that, that is how will they move up in life? Because they they will just uh, right. say, "I will live like this." That's mm. all, mm. right? There's uh, aspiration has to be there. Aspirations are there. There must be ways to ways to aspire. Mm. We can't deny aspiration. We can't say, "Oh, guys, you guys are like this so well. Mm. Oh, your life is so we all make a what normally people do: come to these villages and make some kind of like a uh, like an exhibition, right? Mm. They mm. come. Mm. Oh, exotic! It's an exotic <laughs> trip, right? Coming to the village is exotic. Looking at the mm. things. Oh, they take this to this their, their sitting room mm. and put this. Oh, I bought this from this place in mm. this place. That is all their connection with the exotic. Again, the products from them come and adorn your drawing room. Beyond that, there is no connect. Right. Right. Neither is there any. We would a. They must retain the culture. They must retain their crafts. Why? Because it has to adorn you. You have a value for it in your area. That is how we look at them, not for what they are. So that is the mindset of people in normally in an urban environment. Because we are so thought about how it will help us or enrich us in some way. Always uh, having an expectation on everything. Everything, and it has to enrich us in some way. But they have value, and because we put a wrong value to that, they feel that what they has of no value. If you say in a school that you should not talk your tribal language, what does a child understand? I have no value, because once you once you say that. Your language is of no, no mm. value. Mm. I am of no value. So the man, how can he express if he can't talk in his language? 
So the, okay. so these are mental restraints, subtle restraints that we put on people who are away from the urban mm -hmm. that they devalue themselves. And of course, this has been happening over generations. And so this very deep-seated uh, uh, anger into the way that they have been uh, brought into. Because they were all nomads living in free environment in the Nilgiris, right? Yeah. Nobody had any restrictions. There was no space restriction. Right. Yeah. Right. Now they are all constrained into areas. Mm. So if, even from a free thing, living in harmony with other tribal communities, mm. exchanging barter things, mm. where is the conflict? I give you this, you give me this. Yeah. That is all. So it, still they are mentally not able to encapture the complexity of our lives. That is why they are afraid of it. As I walk into Vidyavana, the, the environment is sort of very conducive. I don't know why. Um, Probably because I come from the city and you know, it's sort of feel, feeling harmonious and uh, the way it is uh, uh, the constructed, you know, small buildings everywhere and that's sort of uh, uh, interesting. And as I walk down the hall, I see a lot of uh, drawings and paintings uh, done on the wall. If you generally see like it might be called as a scribbling of a child or anything like that, but it has been something adorned and made it uh, uh, beautiful. Can you tell something about that, like why it was done sure. and like what is the story behind that? The story behind it, actually they were all bare walls, right? Right. Any school, you, you ha if you have to have your wall space uh, treated or given to children too, there will be restrictions on that. Right. On what to paint, mm. how to paint, how tidy it should be. But children don't do always natural work like that. Mm. So the moment you restrict them into what they should draw, mm. how they should draw, what colors to use, then there's no individual individual in the child. Their creativity is stifled. Mm. That's how it should be. Right. Because each one created their own things, yes. what they thought. So when there is freedom in an environment, creativity functions. Creativity happens, I would say. When there's no freedom, and there's fear. Mm. There is no creativity. There's only repetitions. We don't want this environment to be a repetition. It has to breathe freedom. Lovely. Lovely. And one more interesting thing I happen to know from my colleague and you know reading out is that uh, the kids here uh, call the teachers by Akka Anna, like brother or sister. And one more interesting thing was Madam Party. So I want to know all these three things okay. in the same chronological right. order. <laughs> well, because, you know, we, we were 20 when we started. 20 children came in mm -hmm. the first day. And then by the end of the month, we were 40. And uh, the most of the uh, teachers who came, the core teachers, were from the community, from the villages here. I did not import any teacher from the city. Basically, I thought that uh, they will have empathy with the children who are here and understand them, their language, and so the children will be comfortable. All of them, they knew each other basically, right? They are all from the same villages. So they started calling them Makkah. Okay. Right? So I said, wonderful, you're calling them Makkah. Then they started calling me party. <laughs> because, you know, the children look at you, and you say, yeah, you're an old lady, so you have to be a party, right? <laughs> and you know, the younger girls are Akkas. And when we had to, we had one first uh, Shishir Tapa, Okay. He came from Shantini Ketan as okay. the first art teacher. Okay. When he came, he said, they said, this is Sushiranna. Mm. 
Anna came to. So the hierarchy is party, Anna's and Akka's. That's all. (laughs) Well enough, we like it a lot. Mm -hmm. There is certain amount of uh, home and feeling, homely feeling. Mm -hmm. That after all, they're all one. We are all one family. Mm -hmm. And the fear factor doesn't exist when you call somebody Anna and Akka Mm -hmm. instead of saying teacher. Right. Madam party is a very significant <laughs> uh, creation by the kids. Okay. Because the maids in the in the house were working with us. The ayahs there. Some of them they call them party. Hmm. So how do they distinguish that party and uh, madam hmm. party? <laughs> <laughs> so I became madam party. Okay. Because teachers sometimes call me madam. Okay. So when the teachers address me madam, they said that is madam party. Okay. So this is the nomenclature. <laughs> <laughs> you are 70 and above? Yeah, I'm 75. So you're 75 years old and I, I don't really feel, uh, you know, I don't get a party feeling actually. <laughs> Probably, I mean, My grey hair does. <laughs> <laughs> as long as, you know, someone doesn't see you, uh, nobody who is listening will be knowing it uh, until now. <laughs> so your thoughts and, uh, you know, the way you see education is like, uh, uh, like a young person, like, you know, I used to think like, okay, uh, at 45, 50, I'll just retire, you know, maybe build a small uh, house and live there as long as I'm alive. But then you're 75 years old and you're such a visionary and you have a vision uh, for your uh, school and what you're doing about the general education system itself. Like, h- how do you do that? How is it possible? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I myself did not know I had these thoughts, honestly. Okay. I think in my mind... Uh, stimulates this thinking with you. Okay. If I was not in this environment, maybe I may not have thought like this. Mm-hmm. So I'm thrown into this environment where some things are challenging my thought processes. Okay. Then I think, I see these are my existing thoughts from so many other experiences that I have. Okay. But the experience now is totally different. So how do I uh, take those experiences and translate into a form which will be, which will probably enhance the environment? that I'm in. In minds, that's how it has come to be. Because when we, five of us teachers sat around on the first day, when we thought what to do, each one of us had some idea of what schooling should be. Okay. So finally, we said no, unless we start from what the children know mm-hmm. and then extrapolate to what they don't know, mm-hmm. that if I bring in the outside first, it makes no sense to them. So unless they have to start with what they know around, now the, whatever their, their environments are, their homes are, and then extend to their cities and their towns and their, maybe then to their penguins and the uh, seas. <laughs> Otherwise, in the kindergarten, they'll show us a picture of the penguin. Right. What does that ma- make to that child? Yes. Does it make any sense? <laughs> no, not no. at all. <laughs> and you say it's full of ice, mm. it's full of snow. Mm. What is that? So if you give some alien ideas, mm-hmm. it just is a, it is not an experience mm-hmm. for the child. Right. So what does she do? Anything you say, ah, that's a penguin. Right. So we think, oh, the child is so bright, he can <laughs> recognize penguin. But that's not an experience. Right. Right. It is just repetition of what the teacher has told her. Mm-hmm. But you talk of a parrot, you talk of a sparrow. She sees that every day, sparrow. Yeah. Or a crow. Then her experience with what the crow does is personal. What the crow did that morning, she'll come and tell you in, in, the, in the school. Or, the, or her hen did in the morning, 
she will come and tell you that is experience she say my laid laid an egg this morning that's an experience right mm. so those are the things that have to be in the learning point right child's experience has to be in the learning point only from there you can take them extend them little by little little by little to the outer that reminds me of uh, something when we met last time i think there was a science exhibition going on and uh, we had a chat where you said you know you are taking the kids for a summer uh, trip to you know some place so is that also part of the experiential Absolutely. learning we took them to bhopal i think okay we took the children because mm-hmm. that is also a tribal area okay there are many other type kinds of uh, tribal communities there so they don't have to think that they are the only people right mm-hmm. there are all over india there are other communities right. yeah. of similar nature mm. so we took them there we showed them the communities we went them uh, interacted with those children mm. with how those villages are mm. also took them to uh, lots of fantastic museums in bhopal mm. there's a tribal museum okay okay in bhopal which is exquisite okay it's recreated uh, all the villages villages in that okay. so all the different villages that are there in mm. india all their artifacts mm-hmm. all their how what all creativity what it's absolutely recreated okay so this amazed they were just amazed so the fact is that they are living in this small area many of them have not traveled outside coimbatore they have never gone on a train so they have no idea of the outer world so i thought i should give them experience of our people different people different languages different uh, lifestyles they are all part of india yes right they are all you india does not exist only in anakatti or coimbatore or even in tamil nadu <laughs> they cannot see beyond tamil nadu right? they have to see beyond tamil nadu they true, have true. to see that people of all castes and creeds and religions and uh, cultures live in this homogeneously in this whole country of ours that diversity i wanted to give them a picture that's why it was so uh, how long have we been doing this that every trips? year every so it's year. been about 10 years already yes every year we have been okay. to mysore we have been been to shantiniketan we take teachers to different parts either also. okay we education teacher tour. teachers okay. trip to shantiniketan okay we take, took them to varda in varda in sevagram hmm. they have a school there okay. gandhi ji is uh, under his principles naitalin naitalin yeah naitalin okay school there then we took them to pondicherry mm-hmm. then we took them to uh, mysore mm-hmm. in uh, bangalore uh, we took them to rishi valley mm, yeah all these different places trips for students individually trips for teachers so for both kids and uh, the teachers how do you think this trips have been helpful have you seen the uh, you know uh, kids observe the kids before the travel after the travel have of you course, have you of course so what are the changes that you have seen the changes is that i have observed uh, tremendous self confidence okay tremendous self confidence most important thing. most important and their their observation is keener than uh, normal people what they observe is very special to them because to them their life is there and how they compare their lives with the lives of others okay. so their observations are all related to that oh i have this in my house oh but that's how they have in their house mm. simple things mm-hmm. but that is the connect that they are making okay right 
so the the poverty does not come into that purview at all mm-hmm. oh they are poor people or they are rich people that does not come into the purview it's very strange mm-hmm. they don't uh, uh, have an awe of the rich mm-hmm. they don't have that awe of the rich maybe i don't know they have not expressed that to me okay oh i want to be rich nobody says that okay nobody has said that to me i want to be rich that's very interesting very interesting they admire us mostly these bends Okay. But nobody has said I want to possess one. Okay. Normal children will say that, no? <laughs> Definitely. Ah, they have not said that. This is very, very interesting. Very, inter- very interesting. Okay. Only those are there are certain influences which come through the TV. Well, the children want to have uh, go to mall, mm. go to see what a mall <laughs> is like. Hmm? And very special. I must relate this to you. I took them to Chennai. Okay. children are not not accustomed to flats right right okay they live in in spaces yes uh, random hmm so when they always speak very loudly hmm children not yet they hear they speak very loudly okay when they call out to each other they call out very loudly so when we just went up the hmm. uh, up the flats to hmm. the steps they were shouting, shouting. to each other <laughs> Everybody in the flat opened the door, you know, okay. to find out what's happened. <laughs> so only then I realized these children coming from such open spaces, they don't realize that there's no need to raise their voice here. Mm. They are accustomed; they'll be shouting hundred yards across the field to call out to somebody, right? That is their environment, so mm. they're accustomed to that kind of loud speaking, loud shouting. So I said, "Who oh, here? People are afraid of you. Shout like that. <laughs> so calm down." <laughs> so these are all uh, things which come naturally, and when, when I have to think about why are these kids shouting, this is the reason. They live in open spaces. If they mm. have to call out, they have to really reach out about mm. hundreds of meters away to call out to people. You haven't you seen in the villages? They oh, yes, they yes. shout like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So very interesting uh, observation that you have uh, right. made. Uh-huh. I mean. I've never thought about it. This is a very That's how it is. Yeah. So I see that you were uh, talking about Gandhi ji. Yeah. I also observed that I uh, know you've been having photos of Rabindranath Tagore and Gandhi ji. There are lot of other educators also. You yeah. also told about uh, Chitu Krishnamurthy. Yes. Are you uh, are they your role models? Definitely. Like, uh, they are my inspiration. Okay. I took I think ideas from all three. Gandhi ji I took learning through doing okay this night healing is learning through doing right so that is you have to do experience something and then learn something mm. else that was and the only one part of it was learning by doing and then he said that as a job mm. it'll end up in a job that the child generate some income so i think we had moved out of that spectrum but learning by doing is still existent right right learning to teach for a job because he wanted crafts to be sustained mm. he said the craftsmen have to learn mm. to do the job and probably earn them uh, money as well mm. but i am thinking i can need not take it to that extent but i can say whether it gets you a job or not mm. the experience of work and learning through work mm. is the only way of to learn mm-hmm. ultimately you have to do something to learn you can't learn through words you can't do learn through pictures exactly you have to work with your hand and in that your hand your heart and your mind have to mold three to channelize 
for you to produce something. Mm. So that is what I I took from Gandhiji's. Tagore was very very focused on the the creative arts of uh, music and dance and poetry. Mm. So that was his focus. So he created plays, he created dance dramas, he created music. He created, mm. he's a poet, right? Right. And that big is to become an integral part of the learning process. Mm. So I felt that fine arts has to be integrated okay into the learning. So what you learn by doing, you express it in dance, you express it in music, you express it in poetry, you express it in in any other form of painting. Mm. It has translated to that. Okay. Because all children cannot learn from word or express through words. I agree. They can express through other mediums. So if I have to express in other mediums, I must have access to other mediums. I must have exposure to other mediums. Hmm. If I give that exposure, my learning becomes complete. Right. Right? Similarly, Jiddu Krishnamurti always insisted on freedom, fear-free atmosphere. Hmm. These two things, learning can never happen when there is fear. And when freedom has to be there, fear and freedom, these were the two things he talked about a lot. So that is the idea that I have to, because basically these children are already uh, uh, full of fear yeah. of the outer world yeah. because of their, their background, their ancestry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's built into them. They are afraid of anybody. That's why the, the tribals are angry people, mm-hmm. that they can be violent people. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much of anger built into them. That is why they are violent. Because they don't know how mm-hmm. else to express. Mm-hmm. The, they don't know the reason for the anger. Mm-hmm. The anger is in their psyche. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Because imagine they have become slaves in their own lands. So generations of suppression is what has made them angry. Mm-hmm. And they don't know why they are angry. <laughs> So the moment they are uh, uh, trigger a violence, they mm. are out. Mm. They'll burst out. So if you are going to make them more suppressed mm-hmm. with fear and discipline and, right. and maybe a harsh treatment, right. you're not going to get anything out of them. That is why most children from standardized schools leave the school. Mm. One, there is no inclusive environment. They are treated badly. Right. Two, they are harassed. Three, they don't feel any meaning in the learning that they are doing. It has no connection to their lives. That is why they run away from school. So I cannot have an environment of that nature. Right. In fact, I had uh, interviewed a principal of another school, uh, Chidvikas, Anuradha ma'am. So in fact, she was also reiterating on the same thing. She. She doesn't want a child to study or do anything just because she, the the child fears the teacher or the parent. Uh, I think a lot of educators have that thing in uh, yes. common. Yes, the rod and spoil the child. Mm. It's not true at all. <laughs> Even today the parent came and told me, right. give her a nice whack, make her study. Mm. They don't, they really don't understand Right. that that's not the kind of learning we want at all. Mm. And here in this area, all these mark-oriented study, you know, they got 480 out of 500. 500. 498, 499. <laughs> People right. are getting then back. what happened? Finally, 
he went plus one plus two went to college then what is he doing now working in the brick kiln at 150 rupees a day mm. why you have not given him any other skill mm. mugging skill only is you have given him mm. then what does he end up can he take a, a job mm. is he is he uh, is a job qualified no mm. does he have the language to uh, to for him to mingle into an uh, urban environment no mm. he is as timid and fearful as anybody else in an environment so what does he do run back what did he do with his life 20 years of his life wasted for that he need not have gone to school no could have been a happy person this is what triggered a bridge shattering thought to me mm-hmm. he cannot make them go through 10 years of rigor and end of it not giving anything mm-hmm. that he can be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or he has the capacity to go for right something has to be given mm-hmm. you can't say i have ten stand is past my duty is done i mm-hmm. cannot say that mm-hmm. i have to see that every child mm-hmm. goes somewhere in some direction right that's when the true fruit of uh, all your effort yes, would be yes. it is not a matter of just getting them through 10th standard right that any other school can do i don't have to worry about that mm. but there is a finish to that to that education only when they are when what they wanted to be mm. or they want to aspire to be mm. there's a way to aspire we have to point the top it is an aspiration about mm. and they dare to aspire right that is a courage you must give oh those things are not beyond me i cannot do it mm. that should not be if right. I, that's my what i want and dare to do it that is a courage that is how education should be here mm. otherwise you will see no no change mm. if you see no change generally when it comes to villages the kids or the entire uh, uh, you know the community thinks that uh, you know going to a city after studying here is what uh, you know sort of defines uh, you know the kid to success. be success, successful uh, so what are your thoughts on that and how does does vidyavanam uh, produce children to go outside uh, you know anekati and work there or how is it different <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know whether i can convince every parent right that that is what uh that is not the ambition of education or the aim of education or the ambition my ambition or their ambition should be i don't think i can convince them but i can say that there are other things the child can do most of them just blindly go and send it plus 1 plus 2 go to college at the end of it they don't know what they are going to do secondly even if they are successful academically and they get a job in the city if you a salary of 20000 they think is a big sum right for a uh, earning, earning family yeah. which has been sustaining on 5000 rupees a month a family of four 20000 is a big treasure mm. a lucky start i would say but when you take that 20000 into the city and live there what is the kind of life that you are having they have lost the fresh air <laughs> they have lost the beautiful environment they lost their leisure they're traveling traveling every day for 2 hours up and 2 hours down but most of their money is spent on that there's hardly anything that they can bring back home. right in the process they've lost their health 
Absolutely. Right? <laughs> and they lost the connection with the family. Right. Many things are, more things are lost than gained mm. in the process. So I think I have to, you have to talk to them and show them this is what will, the two things. Don't go blindly into it. Mm. If you think you can cope with that, fine. Mm. Don't blindly go there and then retract your steps and come back to not. Mm -hmm. right. That's all we can do. So I am trying to initiate some programs like the uh, basic rural technology program so that I can give children multi-skilled right. programs so that they can have an option to do something else in their lives. Mm. Maybe also we can train them to be entrepreneurs so that they can be in their own villages they can be with their family, with their homes, and then develop there. So as of now, they don't see anything that they can do here. So we have to show them ways you can live very comfortably here and do things. You can be your own master. But for that, you need certain skills to be your, ma your own master. So I think we should give them a computer skills. We should give English language skills. We must uh, teach them banking accounts, all those things which go side by side which are necessary for an entrepreneur. Mm. Then he can run his own life. Even if he has a shop, a small shop in his, uh, in his village, he will do efficiently right. because the skill set is coming. Now, uh, Vidyavanam follows IGCSE syllabus. <laughs> right? So, IGCSE is uh, yes, what not we are sort Edexcel. of... Edexcel. Yeah, Edexcel IGCSE is mm. not sort of native. Native by... By that I mean like not the, at the, all. Uh, not at all. So it's it's completely you know. Um, it's an alien of, thought here. Yeah, it's an alien thought here. But then uh, what you're trying to do is uh, you know uh, to you know sustain the community based on the learnings here. Yes. yes. So how do you uh, balance the IGCSE uh, syllabus, which is not Indian, if I'm right, and uh, the goal that you're uh, trying to achieve uh, through uh, you know Vidyavanam and educating the kids. Well, uh, that's why we, up to class 7, mm -hmm. we are not uh, worried about the board exam at all. Okay. We go through our own theme-based learning, as we call it. It is interdisciplinary mm -hmm. theme-based learning. Because then it gives us the flexibility of accommodating as much of mm -hmm. um, information that we want to give the child. Mm -hmm. Right. And the interdisciplinary, because we took the environmental study program uh, as a core. Suppose we talk about water or we talk about air, and that's the core. And from there we extrapolated uh, the other subjects. So, it, so the, in a sense, we, I have a, I like this idea because it doesn't it links the all the subjects to one theme, and the child be, understands that well, if I talk about water, I can talk a bit from the scientific angle, I can talk it from geographical angle, I can talk a bit about it in a historical angle. I can document language angle, math angle. See, every all component of learning is there in that one theme. Any Water, theme. Yeah. Any theme. Yeah. If I look at a piece of uh, leaf, I can look at it from any subject angle. Right. So the perspective changes mm. and how you view it. Mm. And therefore understanding changes mm. from the, your perspective. Right. Right? If I look at the leaf, I can look at it in a biological fashion. I can look at it from artistic fashion. I can look at mathematical fashion. Right. So it my perception is based on what I want to see it as. Mm -hmm. Therefore, there is the subject 
classifications or mm. the folders that we put the subjects in mm -hmm. is man-made, right? We have created for our convenience. These are all uh, comes under chemistry. Mm. All these factors come under physics. Mm. But everything in life, in environment, has all of it in it, right? So that it's it's all connected in a seamless fashion. Mm. So the subjects are connected, right? Yeah, math is not different from science, uh, physics, and physics, physics is not yeah. different. So that kind of connection uh, in the perception mm -hmm. is what I want children to see. So when I see something, he doesn't have to see it in one way. Right. If I look at a tree, normally it will come, oh, biology. <laughs> Beyond that, I don't see the tree, right? Yes, yeah. But if I have been taught that mm -hmm. there are so many aspects to, from the same, uh, whether it's a, it's a rock mm -hmm. or a tree, mm -hmm. the study can be done in different subjects. Right. Then I know there is a unity in that. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Otherwise, the child will say, "Why is and the child told me I keep repeating this? If you have a lesson of, on Gandhi in English textbooks, you say, "Why is Gandhi here? Mm -hmm. You should be in history, right? <laughs> Why do you have to have a Gandhi lesson in mm -hmm. English? So, so what is the mindset? Gandhi is history, yeah. <laughs> right? Something is geography, right? If I talk about topics, it has to be geography. Mm. I cannot have it anywhere else. Mm. If I talk about uh, the voyages, mm. it has to be in history. Mm. Okay? Mm. So these are all mentally segmented, all of them. Yes. But it may be segmented at the same time the child must see the unity. Right. That is why we follow the system till class 7. After that only we orient them to the board exam. Right. 8, 9, 10 only the transformation changes. Okay. In the perspective, perspective of uh, how, how we teach, what we teach. And IG syllabus by itself, mm. in Excel, is, is an excellent syllabus. Okay. And we have not opted for history geography because it is totally Western oriented. Okay. And it's difficult for us to translate that into the classroom here okay. for field trips and many other things that they demand. Right. We have stuck to mass physics, chemistry, biology. Okay. which cannot change anywhere. Right. right. But English and uh, computer science mm -hmm. and Tamil, um, these are subjects we do. That's why we opted for the science group. Okay. Many children want to do, uh, want to do art, we do mm. want to do geography. Mm. But when we went through the syllabus, okay. we knew it was too, it was too alien. All of it was only world history. Mm -hmm. Um, very little about Indian history. Okay. So I think we have to focus on a little bit of world history, but most of it of Indian history. Because most children nowadays don't know anything about Indian history. So how do you manage that? So we have chosen subjects we do not demand such okay. interventions. That's why. But at the same time, it is not the same as any other syllabus. Whether you, whether you call it IGCSE or ICSE or mm -hmm. CBSE, the board is entirely different. Right not in the content okay it's how you approach the problem okay most of it is application oriented good yeah so in that way it's very good for children to start thinking mm. how to apply formulas most in the question paper all the formulas are given to you in the front first page right they have no pick which one to apply <laughs> right yeah Makes so there's sense. no need of memory you're defining even in your physics nothing is to mm. need to be uh, memorized. Mm. All the definitions are there. All the formulas are there. You have to apply them and pick the right one. Okay. And mostly all of them which you need are there. 
which you don't need or not then definitely <laughs> so you can't think oh this is not green that means you're not thinking right yeah so in that way i feel it's a extremely good system okay because it you have to apply mm. it is analyze logic okay it is not from memory cool that way most children when we do ig here mm. after doing ig we ask them to do samachi because some students schools cannot do the evaluation right mm. marks uh, grades that they get they don't have the equivalency mm. so they don't know how to evaluate mm. the ig card yeah so what we said okay you write your samachi so that you will have less problems you can go with your samachi marks okay when we make the transformation for them to study mm. samachi to from ig to samachi children struggle mm. because they are not in the habit of committing to memory right so ig we are able to do they are selling it <laughs> samachi is cannot do <laughs> there's too much to buy at right uh, so that's okay. how it has become so we okay. have never tra- trained them to commit to memory at all mm. 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 so when they come to the 9th and 10th they have to do it i've been interviewing a lot of educators and i think you've also listened to other educators yes uh, so there is this uh, uh, person sangeeta she is working in bihar trying to do uh, you know a sort of a hands on okay. and you know experiential yeah. learning okay. there is vigyan ashram they are also trying to yeah. do you know hands on based yeah. learning there is dhai uh, uh, when uh, lodi he is yeah, also trying to do, like, do the hmm. same thing so everybody is uh, uh, you know with the same thought process have been sca- scattered across and they are trying to uh, do the same thing so uh, uh, do, do you think uh, we should all collaborate together or like do we have to have uh, you know micro systems uh, smaller communities doing the same thing like how, how do you uh, look uh, at the education yeah, yes many people are is this scalable yeah is that what you are asking uh, so is I, it a scalable model? yeah yeah not just the scalable part like uh, i'm just uh, trying to understand what is your uh, what is your thoughts on these things even the finland education system uh, you might have heard the uh, episode where he is also he also said that there is a theme based uh, learning yes, they are also doing theme uh, yeah theme based learning that is what is happening uh, but uh, in india the major uh, you know chunk the cbse or the state board or the uh, samachi it is still not to th- uh, that level but there are people like you and you know others who I, are doing it in separate I, places I, I, this is the board by itself does not uh, inflict on how you use the uh, the syllabus right the okay. board is not telling okay. you this is the only way to do board mm. is giving you material mm-hmm. and a syllabus to follow mm. right how the teacher translates that in the class mm. the board is not stipulating on that right so board itself by itself i don't think um it controls you to that extent okay at least definitely in the junior school and middle school it does not control you okay it controls you only in the high school okay right then they'll say you have to do your midterm tests and this mm-hmm. test and that test but definitely you can do lot in the junior and middle school beat any syllabus beat any syllabus okay i don't i don't think the syllabus restricts you okay you you're restricting yourself by the syllabus okay. because you have a challenge right mm, mm. i'm telling you the syllabus that they have mm. if you are intelligently uh, teach the t- syllabus there is not enough to go beyond 6 months okay it's my my personal opinion okay okay you may not agree okay but 
six months of content only is there right it is spread over so many uh, days right or months according to the syllabus but if you just take the core out mm. and teach there is not much what is why is there much because you want them to repeat every word in the book that is where there is much mm 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 but the content by itself is not so much at all okay so if you analyze that okay and say okay these are the things the child should know mm mm for the whole book contained it can be contained in 6 months okay so does this mean that there is a dearth of uh, good teachers of course of course most teachers go because they don't have anything else to do teaching as a profession has become like that so one end uh, you know uh, thinking about the dearth of teachers you know people who are not finding a job they come and become teachers but then the on the other end other end like we uh, discussed there are a lot of people who want to you know change and transform the yes. uh, education system yes. like uh, uh, how do we balance this and what is your sort of advice Because, uh, uh, for the agriculture uh, that is where i find the uh, finish system very very important okay there's professionalism in the teacher teaching there's a dignity in the teacher mm. what gives the dignity what gives the dignity to them? because whatever systems we are put in for a training of a teacher mm. is inadequate because they give so much value to a, a teacher dignity to a teacher mm. and a teacher never thinks of herself as a professional mm. which teacher thinks of herself as a professional doctor engineer only professionals <laughs> but who made them doctors and engineers teachers yes. they are not professionals mm. i think it is the the fault of the teachers themselves mm. that they don't think that their profession is worthwhile the self confidence is not not there, there at all i i think the ken robinson's one you would have very found in mm. many says uh, he says you you go to a party mm. and then everybody is talking to you and then they say uh, what do you do and you say i am in education so that person's face goes pale mm. and after that you don't see him near you at all no no <laughs> <laughs> because they, that's how they value a education right so if you're an education no you're not worthwhile if i'm an engineer if i'm a top class doctor or i'm a neurosurgeon or neurophysician i'm somebody higher up right so who um, puts these standards and uh, hierarchical system human mm. beings mm. in your team itself there there are a lot of young uh, people who are you know coming and becoming a uh, uh, educator so uh, i think they are lucky enough to have you to you know get an advice periodically and see how to improve things but there are a lot of uh, people outside uh, vidyavanam who definitely need some wisdom from you so what do you what would you like to tell them you can't be a teacher if you don't like children you have to love children you have to love their antics you have to love their pranks you have to love their curiosity you have to have immense patience with them that is basic for a teacher you don't if you don't like to be with children if you think they are a nuisance 
don't be a teacher. <laughs> well said. Don't be a teacher. Many people say that, oh, it's a nuisance. Don't be a teacher. You have to, you have to be, you have to enjoy it. Mm. The child, you must be willing to enjoy the child. Whether it's a bright child or a dull child, or whatever be the child and you keep. And secondly, you don't look at the child only from what they can produce in your classroom. It's a human being with multiple talents and multiple thought processes, multiple things that he brings from different directions in there, in which is impinged on him. Mm. He's not only the one who's sitting, you, sitting with you in the class, right? You have to look at the multiple dimensions that has mm. created this. Mm. So only when you are able to accept that, mm. can you be be kind to the child. Right. You can't be kind if you are going to be judgmental about everything the child does. Right. So these things are absolutely, you can't be judgmental, you have to love. If you love, you won't be judgmental. That's what I mean. If you love a true, child, true. you won't be judgmental. Will you be, you'll be accepted, accept whatever he is. Right. So from that base only you have to develop them. Mm. This is where he is and what I can do mm. to improve that. You can't have a standard high up mm. and think, oh, he's here, he's not there. Mm. Whose mistake is that? You have your uh, standard high up. The child is here, maybe 10 feet below. Mm. But you have to see how you can make him climb the steps. Mm. That is your job. And also many people think that uh, teaching very bright children, mm. they don't need you. Very bright children don't need a teacher. Mm. They can do it themselves. Children are handicapped in some way, mm. not because they are not intelligent. They have other handicaps which has prevented them from learning. Mm. That is the only handicap. Mm. There is no unintelligent child not given the right opportunities. That is all. Right. In the right environments. Mm. Right opportunity, right environment. Mm. Every child is a brilliant child. That should be right the, in the mind of the teacher. Fantastic. If the child does not do well, it is my fault, right. not the child's fault. If the child has not understood the way I am teaching, mm -hmm. that means he needs another way of teaching. So I have to innovate and create methods of teaching right. that will make reach him. And you can say this is the only way I do and that's, that's the only way he should learn. <laughs> that is why the teachers make a fault. Because they never can accept it's their fault. Okay. So in the, uh, uh, you know, the younger generation of uh, teachers that you have at Javana, they come from all across the world, yes. I guess. Yes. Uh, what what qualities that you really uh, admire in these people? You know, in spite of uh, having opportunities throughout yes, the world, right. they, they came over here yes. to teach the children. Yes. Like, what, uh, what I do you think, see? I think, it's, I think it's because most of them have told me whenever they come here, they say hmm. because we we have been stifled by the systems that we have mm. worked in. We are not able to uh, put into practice the creative ideas that we have had. Mm. We are not able to practice that. We are not able to experiment those things mm. in class. I feel that this environment is gives me the freedom to teach in the way that I think should be taught mm. and not instructed by somebody as to how it should be taught. Mm. That freedom is what makes them happy. Mm. as a teacher. Mm. But the teacher has to be happy if it has to become anything come across. Unhappy teachers are all not to be in class, mm. right? Frustrated teacher in class, what will she mm. do? So that, I think it's the environment that gives them a freedom. Mm -hmm. 
uh, there's no sort of rigidity this time there's no rigid uh, timings and uh, well, not only timings i would say um, flexibility hmm. that's why we don't want a, a big hierarchy we are a team we always want to feel that we are a team hmm. there is no such thing as the senior and the junior and mm. uh, we i want to avoid that as much it comes it's natural mm. it comes mm. but i want to avoid that as much as possible okay so that everybody is on the same platform okay right everybody discusses together everybody that's the, that is the environment i'm trying to create even now it doesn't happen very mm. easily those people it's i think these things are embedded in them mm. i'm a senior teacher she's a junior teacher you know <laughs> Hierarchy right? is always a problem. Huh? Yeah, always a problem. I think the basic thing why should people come here, even though maybe they can earn much more in a different mm. school, mm. because of the freedom. There are very little little restrictions right. on what they do, and they are accountable to themselves. Awesome. <laughs> That's what that is very important. Yes, yes. Yeah, there is no account accountable to somebody. Come and mm. report to somebody. None mm. of those. they own the job they own right. the job perfect they own the job that is what i am trying to instill in them there is no need for cid work <laughs> right then you will be cheating all the time correct okay so we never know who is uh, prema right you just came from chennai and you started a school so what what were you doing before that like who are you Well, I'm a mother, a grandmother, a wife, and a daughter. All of that I've been. Okay, all the different <laughs> roles, and I've donned those roles along with the fact that I taught in in college. After I did my masters in English, I joined the Stel the Etheraj College, okay. Chennai Music Women's College. Very famous. Yeah, very famous, but not, not very long. I, I was there only for a few years. Okay. And then, um, then by the time I was married and I had my family. Okay. So I discontinued from there. Okay. And I was, uh, it was a joint family, so okay. I had the responsibilities of uh, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, and all of them, right? Okay. And therefore, I could not take up a full-time job at that time. And these kids, okay. my sons were growing up. Okay. So I gave up uh, my career at that point of time. I came back to it after, uh, after when the children were grown up. Okay. I started a uh, primary school mm-hmm. just in my mother's campus, okay. just like that. In Chennai. In Chennai. Okay. I started school for, as a preschool, and then I developed into primary school, and then uh, I was started experiment with music and uh, dance being a part of uh, the curriculum. That's mm-hmm. when I started a fine arts section. So I was running that for almost fifteen years. Oh. Okay. Then 2000 after 2000 at that point I think about end of the last century um I think around 2099 98 my sons got married and all that happened and my husband was not doing very well his health was failing so uh, after 2000 he passed away in 2000 and I after that I said how enough mm. and we had a business then Okay. So when he was ailing, I had I was one leg was in in the business house. It was a, a small scale industry uh, there. Uh, I think the fact uh, business has been for many ages. Like both my sons were not interested in that line at all. They were fairly mm. young. Mm. So I was one leg was there, one leg was in the school, mm. and I, after that I said, "Wow, enough! <laughs> I'm winding up everything." Okay. Uh, 
I thought I will just relax. Okay. Then I went to England. Okay. I did that CELTA course. Okay. Uh, to teach English as a second language. Okay. I okay. did uh, business English as well as uh, children English. Okay. Schools, yeah, young children, adults, and business, both three. Okay. And then I came back and I thought I was, uh, I'll do freelancing. Okay. Uh, so I, I, many of my friends called me to Kumbakoni, mm-hmm. Madurai, um, Adalur, Vellur, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Ranipet, okay. all these places where the Tamil medium schools, they wanted me to do workshops for teaching English. Perfect. So I, that was, okay. I was freelancing. Also, I was going to all these corporates, uh, business English. Corporate. All right, yeah. So teacher, secretaries, okay, uh, communication English. Okay. So I used to do that. That is what I was till two thousand three, right? Two thousand to two three four years. Then I I after two thousand four only, uh, my sister has said, "This is this Balwadi is in this area. Okay. And they want to. Well, you simply you are simply wasting your <laughs> talent. You're okay. Not doing anything. So why don't you come and help out in these Balwadis? That's how I came. Okay. After 2004, I was here. In 2007, we started this. And I nice. got very interested because I used to come weekend. You know, all these ladies, they will wait for me to come. And then pour out all their problems. You know, <laughs> <laughs> So they were looking out, mm. looking out for me. Okay. Some mm. kind of a, you know, they could share their, uh, whatever problems they can be to mm. share with me and just chat. Okay. Then that's where they say, you speaking English so well, why don't you teach our children? <laughs> okay. You speak, we want them to speak like you. <laughs> that is what they English English school English English Right, right, That's how I came here. Okay. So my, my life has been in education. Okay. Always. <laughs> so you organize uh, educational conferences for the educators across India. Yes. So I think uh, there is an education conference coming up yes. on the 25th of this May. This month, yes. Um, I think the listeners will be listening before that. Yeah. So uh, tell us something about it. Like uh, why did you start it? When did you start it? And uh, 2014 was the first. Chapter. Okay. Yes. Okay. We started the first. We have had 2016 the second, this is the third. Okay. Basically, I felt uh, in education, in Coimbatore area, mm-hmm. there's nothing much happening. In the space of in education. In the space of education. Or discussions or even just environments where they can come and listen to people. Okay. And share their ideas maybe. Or at least have a variety of discussions mm. on education. Mm. So it, it, it is not like a teacher training program. What people right. normally happens is a teacher training program. Right. This is not a teacher training program. It's a program to expand your thought. Okay. Right? Into uh, not as a, in a school environment or a mm. college environment, into this into the community, into society, into the world, right? Mm. So what is happening in the world at that point of time? Mm. In one school okay. somewhere in uh, Beetle. Okay. okay. Have you heard that place? No. Where... Uh, a child was beaten up. Because oh, yeah, of, right, yeah. Uh, some kind mm. of uh, such harsh mm. treatments for mm. young mm. children yeah. was happening in different schools. It was coming up in the paper. Right. So I said, look, how do we create a caring society? Mm. So education for a caring society. Mm. 
that thought came to my head. So how, why don't we get a panel of people mm. coming from different uh, education background, different, doing different things to come to a platform mm. where they can discuss these things. Right. And we can invite teachers from all over. Right. Lovely. That is how the concept started. So second time, second one was, that was a time when the democracy was very much in the, mm. in the air. Mm. So I said, how do we have democracy in education? Mm. How do we instill democratic mm. ideas mm. into the education field? Mm. This is necessary. Can it be done? Right. So these were the questions in my mind. Okay. So I brought that into them. Okay. This time I said, a lot of peace, a lot of violence all over the place. Right. So it should be peace in education. Right. That is how I conceived of these three okay. processes. Then we thought of different people okay. who can come together and maybe present papers and discuss. So tell us about the speakers who are coming for the uh, conference. I had a great plan of inviting the Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not too far. Uh, not too far. Yeah. He's in Dharmshala, maybe in India, I don't know. Well, I, but I, but I, when I, I went and went to meet him in Bangalore. Mm -hmm. There was a meeting in Bangalore by one uh, Shankara School Colleges Consortium. Okay. They had invited them for some 75th year or something okay. like that. But when I saw the security needed for, for that gentleman, mm. I said, my God, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, my God. There is, that huh? will not be peace in education. There will not be What is all these dogs all over the place? And, you know, the detectors all over the place. I right. said, no way. Mm. I'm not. So then a friend of mine said, why don't you call um, Sam Dong Rinpoche? Mm. He was the prime minister of exile when mm. you did the Tibet. Uh, right. Yeah. So I said, fine. Uh, he is also on the uh, Krishnamurti Foundation board. Okay. So I was I happened to we can't come to Chennai. Okay. So I asked my son from Chennai to go and meet him. Okay. And invite him on my behalf. So he agreed. Okay. That's how I got this. Uh, then, and I I told you as the principal secretary to come okay. here. He had written. Uh, what is peace then? Where all can we do? So these are the ideas that came. How communication, mindful communication, okay, is necessary for peace. Negotiating power and privilege necessary for peace. So these were all the ideas that we put together, and uh, thought we got appropriate people mm. to talk about these things. A bias, opinion, in fact, how do you negotiate that? Mm. Because these are the factors that create a violent. In environments. If you don't know to negotiate these in, in a proper perspective. So we brought these thoughts together mm. and we planned them. Can you name the speaker? Yeah, of course. Then the speakers for uh, uh, mindful communication, we have a, it's a discussion between Vinu Aram of the Shanti Ashram, who is a Gandhian. Uh, they have their institution in mm. Coimbatore. Uh, we'll be talking to Permal Murgam, the famous writer. Writer, who yeah, it. wonderful. Yes, she'll be talking to him. Mm -hmm. We have one, uh, uh, Mr. Praveen Kumar, who's an IPS officer. Okay. Retired from, uh, resigned from IPS. And okay. he's a person who's come from the really from, uh, from I think very poor backgrounds to become an IPS officer. Okay. And then he's running an institution to support other children okay. who are from his own community, okay. which has a huge following in Hyderabad. Yeah, next day we have uh, T.M. Krishna talking to Vasanti Devi. Okay. 
she was the vice chancellor of Manonmanyam University. Okay. That is fact fiction. Okay. Negotiating fact and fiction and okay. bias. Okay. That's a discussion. Okay. And also we have in the, uh, following that a discussion on freedom or free speech in the classroom. Okay. That is we have another group of uh, dialogue. Okay. But one other person who is coming is Chintan Modi. Girish okay. Modi. Okay. He's coming from Mumbai. He's the one who's trying to bridge bridging between Pakistan children of Pakistan and India. Okay. He's doing a lot in the area of peace. Okay. So he's also one of our um, panel discussions. Okay. We are having with him, and um, we are also having a small discussion by our own students mm-hmm. uh, on freedom of speech in the classroom. What they think. Okay. What's the students' perspective? Okay. Of freedom of speech. Okay. That's we are having after that adults have discussed. We are having the children discuss okay. the freedom of speech. Okay. So that I thought was a new entrance this year. Okay. We thought we should have their opinion also. Okay. Not our own. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What's the What's the point if yes. we all discuss? Discuss. I mean, they have to so, be part of it. Part. Of it. So they are having a discussion. Right. Yeah. Because freedom of speech in the classroom is very important. Yeah. Thing. Right. That's why. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, if I have to be a part of the conference, now if I have to attend the conference, what should I do? Where can I, uh, you know, is, is there an online link where can I go and register? There is. There is a conference website. Mm-hmm. You go to the national conference website okay. and you can register there. Okay. So uh, we'll link that in the show notes of the yes. uh, episode yes, so exactly. that the listeners Everybody can, can uh, get it. Or you, you can just email us, mm-hmm. bbschoolofficeoffice okay. at gmail.com. Okay. To ours. Email us, okay. we will respond. Perfect. Thank you so much. I mean, it's, it's been a privilege meeting you in the first place. And also uh, uh, to have a conversation with a person like you. It really uh, sort of inspires me a lot. You know, uh, it gives me confidence. Like I said, you know, uh, there is still hope. Doesn't Age doesn't matter. And there, there is always still hope. We, we can all be uh, ambitious, ambitious, no matter, uh, uh, you know, how old we are and, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I, I'm lots of words <laughs> talking to you. It was fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much for giving me your... Just to share what all I, I know, what I've been talking about these years. And I think it also gives me an opportunity to put these uh, things in the, which are running in my head together. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. That brings us to the end of this episode. If you're interested in the conference, you can check out our show notes for the link. Um, you can register yourself there. If you're listening to Hello Educator for the first time and if you really liked it, please give us a follow. Share your feedback on the SoundCloud comment section or on the Reddit discussion link. And also, this is uh, Hello Educator's 10th episode and the end of season 1. We really want to thank everyone who supported us throughout this journey. We are not going to let you wait for long. Season 2 is just around the corner. Alright, that's about it. See you all in the Season 2. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye.